0: Today on Know the Truth, a lesson in Proverbs from Philip Courcy.
1: There are times when silence is the right thing to do, for it keeps people from getting hurt. But there's a time when silence itself hurts. There are people longing for us to say to them, I love you, I forgive you, I accept you, I thank God for you. So when you and I withhold good words, we're doing a bad thing.
0: Proverbs 19.8 says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul, and he who keeps understanding will find good. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today Pastor Philip de opens to the book of Proverbs to share some wisdom that will help believers navigate their everyday lives. We're learning about the power of the tongue with a message titled, Those All-Important Words, from the That Makes Good Sense series. And then later, I'll tell you about some resources that will be helpful as we continue this series over the next several weeks. Learn more at ktt.org. Here's Philip.
1: Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's a striking statement which reminds us of those all-important words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Have you ever wished that you could take back what you just said? a former Hall of Fame player, and baseball manager Yogi Berra probably wished that more times than anybody else. The world-class catcher was nicely known for dropping his words, verbal clangers. Listen to some of them. Quote, One time in preseason, when asked what size of hat he wore, he said, quote, I don't know. I'm not yet in shape. Speaking of the intellectual side of baseball, he said, 90% of this game is half mental. Commenting on golf, he muddled another statistic when he said, 90% of short shots don't go in. Concerning a restaurant in his own town, he made another clangor when he said, nobody goes there anymore, it's just too crowded. I like this one. He blundered one day when having lunch with Bobby Richardson, a New York player himself. They were sitting in a restaurant in the city when Barra said, quote, "'Don't look now, but somebody famous is sitting behind you.'" "'Who is it?' Richardson inquired. "'I'm not sure,' Yogi answered. "'I get them confused. There's two of them, brothers. One died. I'm not sure which one that is behind us, the one that died or the other one.'" Finally, I like that on another occasion, speaking of death, he said this, always go to your friend's funerals, otherwise they won't go to yours. Huh? <laughs> now there's a guy who should've you know, thought a little bit more before he opened his uh, cheaper, but honest slips of the lips are, are a problem for all of us, but unlike those of Yogi Berra, ours don't always entertain and ours are not always harmless. Sad and shocking that too often our unguarded mouths open us and others to all kinds of trouble. Our missteps of the mouth create havoc with words that we said and didn't mean and words that we said and did mean. Thoughtless words, uncaring words, hasty words, untrue words, curse words are no laughing matter. In fact, according to the book of Proverbs, the tongue has the ability to administer death or to administer life. The words that we speak can either be medicine or poison. In fact, if you think about it, the tremendous impact of our words can be seen in the fact that a word spoken in forgiveness can mend a marriage, but a word spoken in anger can break a child's spirit. The tongue can either hush a baby to sleep or rise a nation to war. I don't know if you know this, but for every word in Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, 125 people died in World War II as a consequence. Folks, the book of Proverbs is bang on when it says in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. One writer says this almost a hundred years ago, he stated, "'There is nothing which seems more insubstantial than speech, a mere vibration in the atmosphere which touches the nerves of hearing and then dies away. There is no organ which seems smaller and less considerable than the tongue, a little member which is not even seen, and physically speaking soft and weak. But the word which issues out of the lips is the greatest power in human life. Now, with that in mind, I want to turn to the book of Proverbs and lead you on a study on speech, foolish speech, wise speech, good speech, bad speech, speech that brings death, speech that administers life. We're turning again to the ancient Amalek of um, the book of Proverbs. And this book will show us what we've already caught, that the quality of our life to a large degree, rises and falls on the use or the abuse of our tongues. Let's see what God wants to say about what we say. Let's learn to guard our lips and guard our lives. Look at Proverbs 13 and verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, unless you're going to get a handle on your tongue, I can guarantee you, your life is not going to go as smoothly and as successfully as God would want it and wish it. Proverbs is replete with advice on this subject. In fact, Solomon gives us 150 Proverbs on the subject alone. And as we go through our series, we're going to see that the wise writers of Proverbs, remember there were multiple authors, they kept their most vivid images in the book for the subject of the tongue. Let's look at words that hurt. What I want to do here is look at some of the categories of speech that the book of Proverbs deems harmful. You see, if you and I don't guard our language, we'll not protect our lives, and our mouths will inflict pain and bring a wake of destruction in its path. In fact, did you know that the out-of-control tongue is described in the book of Proverbs as a north wind, as a cutting sword, as a deep pit, and as a raging fire. Let me show you this. Turn with me to Proverbs 16, verse 27. Proverbs 16, verse 27 shows us the tongue as a raging fire. An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Let's turn to Proverbs 25 and verse 23. 25 and verse 23, and this time the unguarded mouth is described as a north wind. The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. The tongue can be a cutting sword. Chapter 12 and verse 18, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. What an image. Someone using their tongue to lash out at others like a warrior would strike with a sword. If we're not careful, our tongues can do great damage. They can be like a north wind. They can be like a raging fire. They can be like a cutting sword. And finally, they can be like a deep pit into which people fall and injure themselves. Proverbs 22 and verse 14 says, "'The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there.'" So let's look at uh, some of the ways by which we can use words to hurt and harm others and ourselves and injure God. Let's uh, look, first of all, at what I call forgotten words, This is the first category of verbal cyanide, forgotten words. This is an interesting place to start because before we look at words that you actually say and hurt people with, I want to think about the fact that you and I can withhold words and hurt people. Forgotten words, these are words that should have been said but were never said, Words unspoken hurt in their absence just as much as words spoken hurt in their presence. You think about that. You can wound and cripple people by what you don't say. By not affirming them. By not accepting them. By not forgiving them. By not communicating your love to them. By withholding words that can minister health and happiness to them. The Bible says here in the book of Proverbs, a good word high, good is it. And yet sometimes we withhold good words. You see, you can hurt people with bad words spoken, and you can hurt people with good words withheld. Although it's got a wider application, the principle is there. Back in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27, did you notice what was said? Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in the power of your hand to do it. Proverbs 15 verse 23 is a corresponding text. Proverbs 15 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good is it? And let's put those two verses together. God says, if you have the ability to do good, do it. Don't withhold it. Don't hold yourself back. And the Bible says that a word fitly spoken is a good thing. So when you and I withhold good words, we're doing a bad thing. And this is what I call forgotten words. There are times when silence is the right thing to do, for it keeps people from getting hurt. But there's a time when silence itself hurts. There are children in our families. There are wives in our marriages. There are people on our streets who are looking to us right now to say something to them, to encourage them. There are Sunday school teachers that need a word of encouragement. There are pastors that need to be told they're doing a good job. And yet sometimes we forget to pass on a good word, which is a good thing. And those are words that hurt, words never spoken. There are people longing for us to say to them, I love you, I forgive you, I accept you, I thank God for you. You know what I find as a pastor when I'm counseling couples who have a breakdown of communication in their marriage, often it is not just what they're saying that's the problem, it's what they're not saying is the problem. When they do say something, it's cutting, it's demeaning, it brings the other person down crushes their spirit. It robs them of a sense of of, um, accomplishment. And that's harmful. But you know what? Just as harmful as the fact that we sit around the dinner table or sit at the end of an evening and never say to each other, you know what? I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. In fact, you see that thing earlier today, let's just forget about that. Let's hold no bitterness and let's, you know, love each other despite our differences or despite our failures. We don't want to be like the the woman who was longing to hear those kind of words from her husband, but never did. And so she plucked up the courage one day and said, you know what, honey, you never say to me that you love me anymore. Which this old geezer with a gruff voice replied, look, I told you the day we got married, I love you. And if I change my mind, you'll be the first to know. Isn't that terrible? But there's some people live like that. It's really been a long time since some men have said to their husband, look, you know what, honey, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I really appreciate what you're doing around the home. You're doing a great job with the kids. I appreciate every sacrifice you make to be a God-honoring, submissive woman for God's glory. There are husbands that need to be affirmed by their wives and told, you know what? We appreciate everything you do. You lead us well you work hard, you give good advice when it's needed. When we forget to say those things, we're hurting people in abstention. Mark Twain said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Isn't that true? But let's move on to another category of abusive or destructive speech. Not only forgotten words, that's interesting, words that we didn't say that we should say. Now we're gonna look at some words that we did say and shouldn't have said. This is, this is not only forgotten words, but the second category is fast words, or hasty words, or rash words. The book of Proverbs is, is replete with warnings about the damage done by a motor mouth. You ever met somebody who's got a motor mouth? He's got a hammy in between these lips? Let's just look at those two categories quickly. What we might call profuse speaking or reckless speaking or unnecessary speaking. Let me give you a couple of verses that will stab you. Proverbs 10, verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. What's that verse saying? The more you speak just on the law of averages, the more you're likely to sin with your mouth. Because taming this tongue is a lot of work. We've got to submit ourselves to the Spirit of God. We've got to allow the Word of God to direct our words. And that takes work, and it takes thought, and it takes prayer. And if you're just going to ramble on, if you're just going to multiply your words, then sin will not be lacking. Listen to Proverbs 11, verse 12. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. Look at Proverbs um, 15.2. This is a great verse. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. Okay, The, the tongue of the wise is premeditated. The tongue of the wise thinks about what they're going to say, but the mouth of the fool pours forth foolishness. As we've said, it's just like a broken hydrant, just gushing, gushing. The book of Proverbs says, don't be like that. The book of Proverbs warns us not only against profuse speaking, but it warns us against premature speaking. That's being hasty and rash. Look at Proverbs 18 and verse um, 13. He who answers the matter before he hears it, it's folly and a shame. You know, don't be an idiot, says the book of Proverbs. Don't be a a social numbskull. Here's how you ought to act in people's company. Here's how you ought to carry yourself in public. Don't speak until you're spoken to. And if you're going to speak, make sure you've heard the subject correctly. Let the person finish before you start, lest it be shame and folly to you. You know what? Some of us are like that. This is the sin of husbands because our wives speak more than we do. This is the sin of doctors. Have you ever been in a doctor's surgery? You're halfway through your ailment and they're already writing the prescription in, in handwriting that you'd need a, you know, a, 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 a scientist to decipher for you. This is the sin of pastors. This is my sin. My wife and children remind me of it often. I, I, I've already formulated an answer before the persons barely stated the question. Tremendous challenge to all of us hasty speech. The book of Proverbs warns us against it, lest we act foolishly and shamefully. Look at Proverbs eighteen seventeen. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Don't act on the, on, on the first piece of information you get, because every story has two sides or three angles. And before you go rushing off, wait till you hear the second person give his side of the story lest you go off hearing the first person and his plea and his cause and to your embarrassment, someone else comes along and just contradicts everything you've blurted out. And there you stand, you know, your head down, it's looking like a complete idiot because you used fast words. The Bible encourages us to slow down. James 1 verse 19, Be slow to speak and swift to hear. That's great wisdom, isn't it? Slow to speak. Don't speak fast words. That's why it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You say, where do you get that? Proverbs 17, verse 27. He who has knowledge spurs his words. The wise person speaks sparingly. And a man of understanding has a calm spirit. They're not rash, not hasty, calculated, premeditated, thoughtful. Verse 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. You see, the wise man, when he speaks, is seen to be wise because he speaks sparingly. He speaks wisely. But the fool, well, he can be counted wise. All he has to do is button it stick a sock in it and we'll consider him wise but if he just opens his mouth and blunders and and, and blurts out whatever's there well you can be sure sin will not be lacking i like what uh, william penn leader of the american early american colonists said he he eventually Had the state of Pennsylvania named after him in his honor, he said this quote about speech and some of the rules regarding conversation, some are so foolish as to interrupt and anticipate those that speak instead of hearing and thinking before they answer, which is uncivil as well as silly. I don't know if he read the book of Proverbs, but he's certainly patterning his rules after it. This is the other one he said, If thou thinkest twice before thou speakest once, thou wilt speak twice, the better for it. But you see, silence is not a lack of communication. It's actually a form of communication. And when you are silent, you're communicating your wisdom. When you take time to listen before you speak, you're communicating wisdom.
0: Our silence can speak volumes. You're listening to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy and the start of a new message about communication called Those All-Important Words. If you want to hear this message again or share it with someone you know, you'll find it online at ktt.org and on the KTT app or podcast. Learning the wisdom of God through the Word of God, that's our goal here at Know the Truth, and every day we share the truth of the Bible with listeners all across the country. But Philip, we wouldn't be able to do it without like-minded believers who contribute to this ministry, right?
1: That's right, Wayne. We can't do ministry without our listening friends. John Wooden, the famous basketball coach at UCLA, said that it takes 10 hands to make a basket. Basketball is teamwork. Life is teamwork. Ministry is teamwork. In fact, know the truth is completely listener-supported. And we need men and women to link arms with us to help us deliver God's Word on the radio and on the web. One of the best ways they can do that is to make a monthly and recurring donation. And at this time, we need more friends than ever to give monthly so that we have a firm foundation for preaching and teaching God's Word that so many have come to depend on from Know the Truth. So I want to say it's easy to sign up and make a recurring donation so that you can, in effect, set it and forget it. You can sign up to be a Truth Ambassador when you visit ktt.org or call us at 888-644-8811. Don't delay. Set your monthly gift at $25, $50, or even $100. We will be forever grateful, and so will be the souls that are touched through this ministry. And let me say this, as a Truth Ambassador, You'll get a welcome package that will include some books that I have written. Uh, On a monthly basis, we select certain resources for you that you will also receive. And you'll also receive our Accord newsletter that will keep you up to date on this ministry. But you know what? Best of all, you'll have the joy of partnering with us in changing lives eternally. Sign up today.
0: And I'll tell you how you can get in touch with your gift today you can call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. As a thank you, you'll receive What God Wants Every Dad to Know, a book that encourages and equips fathers to lead their children to live each day guided by God's wisdom. And as a bonus, we also invite you to send Philip's encouraging book, Take Cover, to a loved one of your choice. Identifying the major dangers that Christians are facing today, like crime, aggressive secularism, and spiritual warfare, Pastor Phillips shows how you can take cover in God-given promises and protections. Just select a friend and we'll send it to them. Both resources are yours with a gift of any amount to know the truth. Call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. You can also write to us. Our address is KnowTheTruth.com. Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. And if you've never reached out before, we have a special gift for you, a comforting new devotional titled, Resting in God's Faithfulness. It's yours just for contacting us. Learn more at ktt.org. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to join us tomorrow as we continue today's message on wise communication titled, Those All-Important Words. That'll be Tuesday on Know the Truth.